Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Pac-Will Ben's basketball in full swing. It was a really interesting week last week. Washington State upset USC on the road and then played Arizona and beat Arizona at home. Why is that so unusual? Well, Washington State lost players to the NBA, players in the transfer portal. There was a lot of discussion at the end of last season about how how uh, difficult it was to sort of get any kind of momentum. But Kyle Smith, the head basketball coach at Washington State, has found some momentum and some success. He's joining us now. Coach, i got to ask you, given everything that you have been through, losing players, the portal, NIL, um, total loss of momentum. How did it feel? How did the last week or so feel for you and your team? You know, um, it was great. You know, we had a nice crowd. Um, kids really enjoyed the moment. Um, I thought we went in with the right attitude. Um, who knows when, when things kind of clicked for you, but I think we that win at USC was huge just as far as confidence. And then, uh, you know, we were in a tight turn, had trouble getting out of getting back home, and we only had one day to prep. But uh, our guys were up for it, and, and uh, hopefully it's something we can build on. The, you know, the, the conference obviously is in transition and football's dealt with it. And now we're kind of looking at basketball and you went through some stuff. You lost some guys to the NBA. You lost guys in the transfer portal. Uh, I got to admit, I was worried about you and I was looking going, okay, they got a guy from Idaho. They got a guy from Sonoma State. They got a JC guy. And you have put that together. Did you see that coming together or how did that gel for you? Um, a little bit. Um, I know it's. We kind of have to look at some, you know, zig when people <laughs> zag when people are zigging, uh, and uh, like knew that uh, like Jalen Wells' productivity at Division Two, and it's just looking on tape, thought that would translate, and I said, well, maybe that offsets Rodman and Bamba, um, and then I knew Isaac Jones. We'd recruit him out of high school, and um, thought his offensive production could replace Muhammad. And it has. He's not the same defender. That's quite the same athlete. Um, and we'll just kind of replicate the same team as best we can. And we knew we had Miles, and hopefully he was going to be healthy, and he has been. That's been a godsend for us. And, uh, you know, uh, and, you know, we just kind of have an expectation that we're just kind of, you know, we have some marks that uh, guys can strive for, just what's been done in the program the last four years. And these guys have been trying to keep up with that pace, and hopefully we can maybe improve. You know, the – you know, I, I I hesitate to ask it this way, but you know, in coaching, sometimes you are uh, you're MacGyvering it, right? Like you're trying to oh, find yeah. a way, but uh, you don't ideally want to do that every year. Is this? Do you think this is just what college basketball in this era is going to look like with the portal and the movement, or are we looking at something that's in in transition? Or as a coach, how do you see the landscape? You know, um, unfortunately, I think it's. Every program is a little different, and we really worked hard not to put ourselves in a position trying to retain guys. But it's a little out of your control, and the way the the dates are set up, and you know the NIL thing, and immediate eligibility might be as uh, damaging as the NIL, to be honest, because at least there was some incentive to stay or some penalty to leave. Um, but and I don't like it at all. Um, but it's kind of to survive, you have to kind of put your team together in the spring. Uh, and but some programs are fortunate where they have some older guys and they've stabilized, and then their younger guys come in and kind of learn the culture. But they seem to be dwindling. 
<laughs> there's, a, there's only a handful of those that I can think of that kind of have older guys and kind of benefited from this, these changes that they kind of had some older guys in, in a program established. Yeah, you had different challenges at different places. You were the head coach at Columbia. Obviously, your time at St. Mary's was probably valuable to you, and then San Francisco and now Washington State. But I think it would have been really easy for the staff or some of the returning players to sit around and feel sorry for themselves, and you guys clearly have not done that. And I just saw Jerry Palm put you guys in the uh, – you know, you're you're right there on the bubble right now with the tournament. That has to feel really gratifying to you guys. Yeah, you know what uh, it does. I had no idea. <laughs> well, that's nice. There's just a lot of work left, but it's nice to have this. Uh, this early, this was a good week, obviously, and we're going down. We're trying to get out of town, trying to beat the snowstorm, so we can uh, have our best, put our best foot forward at Stanford, and, and they're really good. They're a really high powered scoring team, and, and you know, Cal's are much improved. So. We got a lot of work to do, but it, it's nice. And I thought I told our team. I said we we have. I thought looked in the room and said the talents, the talents good uh, enough. The experience we don't have, and we got to try to get better quickly. That's the best way. You can't just kind of. You'd love to see. Hey, this group's coming back next year. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna learn and this and that, and, and you'll be pretty salty. But you just don't know. And they've done a good job. And like I said, this the last we've improved a lot in the last two weeks, and I think it's just more. Um, confidence mindset, like just the difference between the end of the Colorado game and the end of USC and Arizona is, is night and day, and, and maybe that, that propels us. I saw your, your game against Oregon, and I thought, you know, they're they're good. And obviously teams, you know, they don't want to play at Pullman, but you win at USC. I mean, that, that was a ro- good road win there. But did you see it coming? Did you see, like, did you think, you hey, we got we're going to be in these games? Or, you know, as a coach, oh. do, you, do you ever really know? You don't really know, like, especially when you do know when you have some guys that played a lot of minutes. We didn't, I, like I said, I don't know if, and if, if it would happen at all, but I did, like, I tried to pull the positive of Utah. We were up six with 15 to go. You know, we played, or maybe more, it might have been like five point game. With, it was within reason, and they really extended it out at the end, and you could be really hang your head on that. Uh, but I was like, and then we had a chance to win at Colorado the next game. And I was like, there's positives. That's a, been probably the hardest road trip. And we just kind of, and then we came back and we had won a game in Oregon State. It was really, they're good. It was a really tough first half. We were able to win that one. I thought that gave, all right, we won a Pac-12 game. It's as simple as that, yeah. I think, helped us. And then, then in Oregon, we just didn't, they're really good. But we, we give a 14 threes, which is out of our, you know, and I was like, well, geez, well, we're going to be able to guard the, you know, at SC. And we did a good job there. And maybe that's, that's caught on. And, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of games left, but not that much time, you know, it's like, so hopefully we're just, you know, like Isaac Jones never played against high major teams and where he was on the road at Colorado and Utah versus what he did this last week is a big jump. So hopefully he can just, you know, that's what's going to take a little bit. This new era, need one guy to kind of, kind of really step up and and uh, have others follow. Yeah, and you, you know, obviously you you've coached a long time. You say you 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 know you saw a guy in the Big Sky or you saw a guy playing D two ball and at Sonoma State, and you said that translates. Uh, give us an idea when you when you see a player like that, and you know what did you see that you went, oh that that'll work at any level. Uh, just um, with Isaac is this. I didn't expect we were recruiting out of junior college and we got a, we were just too late. He's just a very relationship guy and he's really playing at Idaho. We've been recruiting him for a while and I was like, we did a poor job. And uh, his numbers were in the NWAC's not probably the best junior college league. So I walked in the gym expecting to see a six five guy and I saw a six nine guy and that was it was about a three minute evaluation. I was like, oh wait, he's got productivity. <laughs> 
really was. His length, he's like seven three wingspan. I said, oh goodness. And so he didn't get when he and it wasn't surprised the numbers he put up at Idaho, and that was a jump from junior college to that. And I was like, you know what? He's talented enough. I knew that, and I wish we had him another year, but we don't. So we'll 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 try to do the best we can there. And I said, and Jalen Wells did win a lot of games at Sonoma State, but twenty two a game's a lot. And uh, watch, and he passed eye test too. He's got good size. And it's like, okay, this guy's big, and he's productive. So we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll give that a swing. <laughs> yeah, and I keep thinking, you like, know. Damian Lillard was at Weber State. Like, I mean, you know, uh, in this era, uh, he would have ended up somewhere. Somebody would have come don't in. Bring, don't, don't bring up Damian Lillard on me. He was, <laughs> he was, he went to school 15 minutes away from St. Mary's, and somehow we got beat by Weber State. That was, and we still had a really good team, but we would have, like, Della Vadova and, and Lillard together in the backcourt, which would have been pretty, pretty fun. Yeah, you found some players. Kyle Smith with us, Washington State men's basketball coach. They've got Stanford and Cal this week, fresh off beating Arizona, USC last week. Um, you know, Dana Altman came on the show, and he, he talked about the portal and the agents and the contact he's having with people he never met before. And give me an idea from your standpoint, when do you know you're in trouble with a player that's on your roster? Like, is there a, is there a red flag that goes up? Oh, man. You, you, it could, if you're really worried about red flags, you'll, you won't, you'll be paralyzed. Because every... Every wrinkled brow and everything, anything that has you worried about it, and you just can't. Um, and I talk about it. I say, look, only people, we got to stay in the moment. Uh, the coaches and players are the only people that matter right now. I know you're going to be getting hit by agents, parents, everything else, and that's all you can do. And you know what? Eventually they're going to have to opt in. It's just a different mindset for the coaches. We don't have as much autonomy or no, no authority, I would say. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, but, but see, and I thought that was an area we'd be good at. It's like, hey, we've always run a good program. People want to stay. And we do. But it's still powerful and tempting to, you know, see if the grass is greener and the options are better. So that's uh, – Even that's when they're the not, right? I mean, I'm sure they're yeah. getting they're getting an earful from agents oh, and outsiders. No, I know. It's just like uh, like T.J. Bomba. I have a great relationship with them. Graduated from our school in three years. He came in with some college credits. Awesome kid. Great leader for us. Leading scorer. And uh, he told me he was going to do grad school here. And then, you know, he said he just had to talk it over with two people and everything's fine. And then, you know, four days later, it was like, well, I'm going to see what else. And then once that point, it's like it, he, had, he had no idea what was coming when he put his thing in the portal. And it was just an absolute tornado. And you get swept up in that, and it's really hard to – it's just hard. It's hard hard to win that battle a little bit. So Yeah, and I look I covered Jerry Tarkanian back in the day and I think he would have done great in this era. I covered oh, yeah. Bobby Knight as a beat reporter. I don't oh. think he would have been as successful. He's a great teacher, great coach, but I wonder if it would have changed the way he coached. Do you, do you find do you I, look around and wonder like how are coaches changing the way they coach players because of all this? Uh absolutely. And I and it's still the the fundamentals are the fundamentals and you gotta be able to teach them and do that. But, and there's a little bit, you know, I always say, like, the hardest way to lead is with your heart and love and as opposed to fear and, you know, consequences. Um, but it's harder. And, and there's a lot of coaches that had a lot of success with being bullies. And I don't think that model is going to fly. No. Because you're just, you know, and there's a difference between tough love and being firm and holding them accountable versus being uh, egotistical and, and a bully. And um, the kids know. 
you know what I mean? Like the people, you know, they might see the far, like there's, there's been some coaches that are really, if you watch the practice, it will seem really hard on their kids. But if, if, if you're coaching them out of the idea of what's best for them, they know, they would understand that if it's about you and you're embarrassing them, well, they know that too. So you got to be, you know, and that's where I got to, you got to put checks and balance on yourself. And if they were, if they had to sit out before, well, you kind of you play this game of chicken. You're really going to leave, you know. I'm going to coach you that much harder. So I think it's it's tough, tough finding the balance act, and and then having to deal with all the extra drama that comes with it is, like I said, no one's going to feel sorry for head coaches. <laughs> but our time, like I said, I'm sure you talked to Coach Altman. I mean, it's just it's just a different world, and and there's just no, there's always something going on. Now, uh, before I cut you loose, uh, look across the conference. You know, you're you're going to Stanford and Cal. You you've seen everybody, or you got a good taste of what this conference is like. Um, what do you see right now? Is it as wide open as it looks? You know, it's. Uh, I think somewhat. I mean, I I do. I think it's really a lot of higher powered offenses. I mean, we're SC playing small and can really score. Arizona, you know, they can score. Stanford is shooting forty eight percent for three. These are our last three teams we played. So, and then Cal can score. So I think it's a little different. There were some more recent, there's more bigger three out, two in teams that kind of, they could control games if you didn't have enough size. But um, I just think there's more variance with more higher scoring teams. So I do think it's, uh, game, Washington's much improved. So it's, it is pretty wide open. I think the top, top to bottom, it's, it's just the best it's been uh, competitive since I've been in the league. All right, Coach, good luck this week. Uh, congrats on a great week last week. Go build on it, and, and we'll get you back on uh, later in the season. Okay, I appreciate it, John. Thank you. All right, take care. There he goes, Kyle Smith. He is the head basketball coach Washington State. They've got themselves on the bubble. Jerry Palm, the bracketology expert, I reached out to him uh, in the last couple of days. I asked him, you know, how, how is Oregon ranked where they're ranked? How is Arizona ranked where they're ranked? And Palm said it's a long season, but right now he's got the Ducks in He's got Washington State in his first four that are out. Pac-12 got it looks like it has a little bit of a transition with Washington State being good. And, and I frankly think with Infali Dante back, Oregon might be the team to beat in the Pac-12. Apologies to Arizona. They're really good. But Oregon is loaded. January 27th in Eugene, Matthew Knight Arena, Oregon, Arizona. Mark it on your calendar. All right, leave it here. you got the bald-faced truth statewide. So a lot of the school districts uh, in the Portland metropolitan area now calling it calling it for uh, school tomorrow. Parents are going to lose their minds. Uh, Latest, uh, Wilsonville West Lynn School District will be closed on Wednesday due to freezing rain. Stephen, your kids are uh, affected. Uh, You will not have school tomorrow as well. Yeah, North Clackamas School District, uh, my kids are both uh, got the alert that no school tomorrow. So yeah, looks like uh, kids will be home another day. Kids are going to be home another day and they'll be going to school into... uh, uh, mid to late June, <laughs> as, right as summertime as, starts, as that happens. But uh, so, you may want to uh, pull up your uh, local school district and check that out. Um, Portland Public School District um, is showing school closed tomorrow as well. All after school activities are closed. They will monitor and update, but looks like schools closed. Uh, if you're in this listening area, your kid's probably not going to school. Uh, Kyle Smith. Really good interview. Find him very relatable, interesting, Washington State coach. I wrote about him earlier this week uh, uh, at johnconzano.com. Really good week for him. 
beats Arizona, beats USC, had to feel good. DJ Rodman, late departure from Washington State, kind of left him in a lurch. TJ Bamba says, I'm in, I'm in. No, I'm not. I'm going to Villanova. Um, you know, he's he lost a bunch of players off a pretty good team a year ago. Now finds himself better, Stephen, somehow better. He added a junior college transfer. He added a kid from Sonoma State Division Two. He added a Big Sky Conference player who's a pretty good Big Sky guy um, who was at Idaho. And Washington State's just kind of picked up where it left off. I mean, it's a remarkable coaching job by, by Kyle Smith, but he's also talking about how you have to coach kids differently. You have to lead with love because why? Kids will jump in the portal. You can't you – know, the, the fear factor's gone. Steven, you played basketball. You probably played for coaches who yelled at you or used discipline, but what would you think of that? Yeah, that, it is interesting because I I like uh, Coach Smith there, how he said the kids know, the athletes know when you're doing it out of bullying and when you're doing it out of love, and I was the same way. I don't mind being yelled at, but I want to know that you have my back. There were some times where you could tell that some coaches just didn't like the kid or you know, they were singling them out and they really made it a point like almost to embarrass them, right? And so I feel like it is different now, especially because it's so easy just to hit the transfer portal. And if a kid doesn't like what you're doing, if he perceives it the wrong way, then they're going to be out. And I think it affects you know not only college, but I think it can also affect even like into the high school level. Like there's kids now, you know, my brother's a coach in the, bas- in the high school basketball. My wife's around it all the time being the coach at Central Catholic, the track team. And she's around the basketball teams as well. Like kids are transferring in the high school level, trying to find the best fit. So I, I think all these coaches are having to evolve on the spot and on you know on the run and saying, you know what, I have to really you know teach these kids and show love because if I don't, I'm going to run that risk of losing that guy going forward. So it is interesting, and you see you know a guy like Kyle Smith who does love what he does. He loves basketball. You can tell he loves coaching basketball. He loves to coach these kids up. And then his players play hard for him, so it's it is it's right on, John. Like if you're if you're trying to bully these kids, you're trying to you know be really disciplined, and it comes off on the wrong way. The players just aren't going to buy in, and then you're not going to win. And I think a lot of it, you know, a lot of it in college sports, you have to have buy in from the players. And you know, Washington State right now, they do have buy in because of what Kyle Smith is doing. The you know the players can feel that love from him. Yeah, and I think you know he's had. You know, it's early in conference play, about six games into conference play, but, you know, there's some some good teams starting to emerge. You know, Arizona's talented. Oregon looks good. And Folly Dante's back, played the other night and uh, scored eight points. Looks like he's going to be all right. And Dana Altman can keep him healthy. Look out for Oregon. Arizona State looks all right. Um, Colorado's got some talent. Utah's not bad. The L.A. schools are struggling. UCLA, Mick Cronin struggling mightily. USC doesn't look good. Um, but uh, Washington State's in this. They're in the mix there. And I think Kyle Smith would love nothing more than to go to the tournament. And here's the great irony. He goes to the NCAA tournament, and all of a sudden, he's a threat to be in the transfer portal. Like, you know, or does he stick around at Washington State as they go to, off into the WCC next year? So keep an eye on that. Uh, I want to rip through a bunch of things going on nationally. Uh, of course, the playoffs, Jerry Jones and the Cowboys were a no-show. Found this interesting. Here's Jerry Jones talking about uh, the no-show that the Cowboys gave in the wild card round. I thought we were in a position, everybody in this room thought we were in a position 
to advance this thing in the playoffs and maybe uh, get as far as our dreams uh, might take us. Uh, we didn't do it. I don't have any thoughts about the reasons why or anything to do with the coaching, anything to do about the players. I want to give uh, Green Bay a lot of uh, uh, compliments and uh, credit. Uh, and uh, uh, this is uh, one of my most surprises since I've been involved in sport, period. There it is. Big surprise for him. But the Cowboys just kind of wilted. And Dak Prescott didn't look great. And the problem, again, I'm going to come back to this. You're going to disagree. I think the the person most responsible for the Cowboys' struggles in the last decade is the guy talking right there. He's changed horses numerous times. He thinks he knows football, but he doesn't. I think there's a problem at the top. But you'll probably see it as, no, it's a Dak Prescott problem. I, okay, so I agree with you that, yes, it is a problem up top, but at the same time, Jerry Jones can't control that C.D. Lamb freaked out and had a, you know was crying on the sidelines. He can't. He can't fix the fact that Dak Prescott telegraphed a pass and got a pick six um, by Darnell Savage on the Green Bay Packers. Like, at some point, we have to blame the players for not performing up to their standards. And so I get, like, ultimately, Jerry Jones is in charge of who's the coaches, who's on this team, and all that kind of stuff. But if the team is supposed to be this good, we have to say, okay, the players need to perform. We have to put a little more on the players as well. And just make it easily to say, you know what, it's the owner's fault. And I feel like, especially that in Portland, like that's what we do. Anything ha- bad happens as well, Jody Allen. Well, also, you know, maybe the players need to perform better. Yeah, but I would go back to the 2020 NFL draft. The Dallas Cowboys, with Jerry Jones' blessing, they draft CeeDee Lamb. You know, they take him, they take him high. So are you really going to take a guy at, with the 17th pick in the first round who's going to be that big of a dog for you in a big moment how about, you know, also Dak Prescott? They bet on him. They gave him the money. They gave him the big contract. I think that there are personnel decisions that Jerry Jones, that they've got his fingerprints all over him, where you just kind of look and you go, man, would they be better off had they drafted Justin Jefferson, who was available? Five picks later, he goes, you know, he goes to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, or do you like CeeDee Lamb? You know, and I think that's where I come back to the owner's problem is that he's got to fire the general manager and guess what he's the general manager so there's a problem there i think that is systemic and that's why i probably don't let jody off the off the hook either because i go okay what you know who's controlling all these decisions who's controlling the roster and the coach and decisions that are just made in general it's just it's a you know you start shaking your head and you go okay this is not that surprising that the cowboys laid an egg we're back tomorrow with another great show well, big guests, as always. I hope you stay warm. Check on elderly people, people living alone in your family and people not in your family. If there's someone comes to mind, we interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.